Welcome to Eclectic Perspectives. Different perspectives. Different discussions. Different topics. Her version. His version. Our version. Relationships. Health. Politics. Community. Education. Workforce, economics, sexuality, race relations, crime, religion, and so much more. These are eclectic perspectives, different perspectives, different discussions, different topics. Another episode of Eclectic Perspectives is um, Aisha Calloway and Mr. F. Christopher Blue. Ms. Calloway, how are you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Doing fine, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Today's discussion is uh, parent. Who's the parent? You or your child? I think this is a very interesting topic because parents really aren't um, doing what they need to be doing in regards to raising their children. In fact, a lot of times it's the role reversal. Ms. Calloway, any comments on that? I agree with you 100%. I um, think due to a lack of proper parenting is the reason we're having so many issues with our children today. And it's also the reason that we have to um, have DJJ and Child Protective Services, among other agencies, because we don't know how to parent. Right, right. Well, you know, I want to speak from a musician's standpoint for a minute. You know, I'm a musician, first and foremost. And um, let me just say a little something, something about this in regards to this issue, you know, as far as, like, parents blaming others in regards to not raising their children and want everybody to blame, um, raise them but themselves. So let me relate to music since that's my background. Something that has always amused me not only on hip-hop but with everything in general from movies, TV, and radio shows. Throughout the years, people have been blaming everything but what the true blame is for all the violence that occurs with our kids. We see murder taking place, kids killing each other, on rampages, and suicides happening for no apparent reason. But the common denominator on all these occurrences is who, what gets blamed, music, TV, movies. Yeah, we can point the finger and say, well, look at what they are saying or doing. Children listen and mimic what they see and hear. And this is very true. But let's also think of one big part of that statement. Children listen and mimic what they see and hear. So what are they seeing at home? If our kids are doing what they see and they are all of a sudden doing such horrible things, do they see it at home? Somewhere down the line, they are learning what they are doing. And for people to say that they can honestly blame it on one thing in particular, such as media, I believe that's ignorant, even though I myself have blamed it on media in the past. But I have a different standpoint now. First, they copy what they see at the home. And secondly, they live what they see in their communities. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like I said, there isn't a true blame for what happens and takes place in society except to blame society itself. If we as a whole were able to better control what happens, truly have a judicial system that takes care of its people and police each other as we should, we would not face such dilemmas. Not one society throughout the world has a perfect system, and no one could say that we have no violence or robberies happening. No one is perfect. Society is driven by so many different factors that it would be almost impossible to ever resolve each of them. But we need to start somewhere. See, um, money is the root to all evil, in my opinion. If we were not human, we wouldn't even have this urge to be greedy and have everything we want. If we would live our lives comfortably without the need of overextending ourselves, we wouldn't live life struggling. 
Now, all these things cause problems to arise. Greed causes you to do things and take it to another level and create horrible situations. It starts from the root and reaches to the top of each branch. Life is dying because we allow it to die. I should be blaming music, not just specific genres, but all music in general makes me laugh only because they are only saying, saying what they see, only expressing what they have been feeling for so many years. So what's wrong with that? If we teach our children to do something from an early stage in life, they will do it. If you tell them not to steal, curse, kill, they won't do it. But if you don't instill morals and love to a child, they will go into the worst possible creatures imaginable. Stealing comes from a need of something to also the greed of wanting it. If we all have our children grow up to be studious and hardworking men and women, we won't be faced with them having to steal because they can maintain themselves and never have any. So I understand regards to that issue. I think these children need to, adults need to just make a standpoint of instilling the value that these children need in order to navigate this world. Because unfortunately, the children of this world are going to be the future leaders. On, I guess they won't even be leaders um, in the future. Calloway. Well, I think um, you touched on a few good things, a good points. Um, the first thing I think is, as far as child rearing, it has to start at home. And, you know, as parents first, we need to lead by example. I think we have so many children that are drinking, smoking, um, even watching these quote-unquote negative videos, if we want to blame it on media, and even the music they listen to. I mean, we purchase it. You know, we have to be the ones to filter what we allow our children to listen to. And, I mean, I'm a parent, and we don't normally watch BET in my house. I'm not going to say my kids don't, my children are not exposed to it. You know, they go to their aunt's house and so on and so forth. But what I have done is established an expectation. Um, I've never had a request to buy certain types of music that I would probably say no to anyway. So, again, you know, we have to lead by example. That's the most important thing. Um, and also, I think we have to take charge of things in our life and let our children see us taking charge. And when I say take charge, I mean just simply, you know, even with our friends that we have that may not be the best of friends, the simple conversations they hear us having, how we handle adversity that comes into our lives, how we handle things at their schools. You know, they need to see mom and dad or whomever is rearing them go into the school, communicate with their teachers. You know, even when your children are in Little League or Girl Scouts or whatever they may be a part of, you know, parents don't need to just drop off and leave. We need to take leave. We need to take charge and be a part of whatever our children are, you know, participating in. And I believe by doing that, it, it sets a certain standard for our children. You know, they have a different outlook. You're not just the mom or dad that, you know, if I want a new cell phone, that's not go to them. Or, you know, we don't you don't entertain certain types of things. You know, my children would never come home. I would never go home when I was a child and talk to my mom about certain things because I knew she had a certain expectation. We don't set limits for our children nowadays. We don't even set expectations. When my children and I talk um, about school, it's so funny because they automatically start talking about, well, after I graduate 12th grade, I got to go to college, you know, and they may not go, but they know it's an expectation. We set that limit. And if they don't go, that's fine, but I just think that we have to do so much better. And, again, you know, definitely sponsor activities that your child likes. Um, we need to encourage our children to put, you know, into putting ideas, what do you want to do when you grow up? We need to start talking about this. And, and not just stop there. If your child wants to be a carpenter or a lawyer or whatever it may be, a nail tech, then we need to go online or take our children on a quote-unquote family field trip 
and let them start researching these things that they want to do to see if they're capable of doing them. I mean, we just have to do so much more as parents. We really do. Um, I think my next thing is that the, the biggest thing for me, again, would be leading by example. That's the biggest one. I think we are our children's first teacher as far as the way we talk, you know, we're using a lot of profanity, the way we dress. I just, we, have to do, we have to be better leaders. It starts at home. It really does. It really does. It starts at home. It does. Um, in regards to that, I mean, I feel like, I mean, I think that parents stop being as effective as parents once, I believe, like the government system set in place and said, oh, you can't do this or you can't do that. But the things that they were doing, which was this and that, pretty much established the great leaders and great people that we have today. Now, I know there's a lot of evidence that supports that um, it goes against physical discipline, but I have to be honest. I don't think it's without that fear factor that my mother and father instilled in me, and based on physical discipline in many regards, I would not be the person that I, I would be today. I would have fell victim to many of the temptations of the streets, and um, I just wish that um, we had something in place that parents could, you know what I'm saying, align themselves in with correcting, you know, negative behavior. There's evidence out there. Unfortunately, there's no handbook to being a parent, and many parents are thrown into being parents without having the proper tools to navigate this um, particular um, life course properly. I agree with you on that. I think the problem is that, um, you know, a lot of parents are trying to be their children's friends instead of being parents. And um, the saddest thing in my profession is that I do meet a lot of parents that just don't know how to parent. They have no clue. They believe that parenting is, you know, supplying their children whatever gadgets or, you know, food, the quote-unquote necessities um, that their children want. But they don't – and I think they're they're good parents, but – not responsible parents, and I think there's a difference. You know, to me, a good parent is a parent who does everything possible to meet the needs of their children and also their children's wants. And it's not necessarily a bad thing, but we have to put a cap on that. Um, I believe that type of parent, for me, a good parent may not set curfews and rules and responsibilities, and even if they do set them, they're not consistent. Um, for me, a responsible parent, you know, is one who ensures that the child has and does what is good for the child. You know, they have boundaries such as bedtimes and homework, and they're made to take responsibilities. And the children themselves tend to value those responsibilities. You know, um, that parent and child respect themselves as well as each other in a healthy manner. And I think that's the difference between being a responsible parent and just a good parent. You know, and I think we have a lot of quote-unquote good parents. You know, they're meeting the needs as far as clothing and shelter, so on and so forth. But then that responsibility piece is missing. Um, and that's why we have so many issues in, in school. And I think the saddest thing is when I hear a parent say, you know, I don't have any issues with my child at home, but when my child goes to school, the principal or the teacher is always calling me. So to me, there's a problem at home. It's just that the parent doesn't see those actions and interactions with their child as being problematic. So, and I don't know how you're going to teach parent to parent, parents to parent. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, you touched on um, when you were reared that your parents, you know, they, were, they gave you physical punishment. And I received physical punishment as well, and it made me have a certain level of healthy fear for my parents. I knew that if I did A, B, or C, what was going to happen. It wasn't just going to be yelling and get out of my face and I still go do what I want to do. 
you know, I know I had punishment coming. And depending on where I did what I did, I might have got a spanking down the road from the neighbors and then another one when I got home. But I just believe that children have this thing. If you touch me, I'm going to call the cops. You know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run away. And I just, there's somewhere in the last two generations where I feel like children have just been lost. The last one or two generations, something has, and I don't know if it's technology. I don't know if it's music. I don't know. But, again, you know, my children live in this society, and I don't, I don't have, um, thank God, a lot of the issues that I do hear parents deal with. You know, I've never had to involve DSS or had to go to a parenting class or, you know, just people come and take my children because I'm, I don't know what I'm doing or, or whatever it may be. I just, there's a, a gap. There, there are many gaps that we need to fill. We need to figure out what's going on. We need to figure out how do we parent better. We need to figure out where to start. We need to not be so afraid to ask for help. You know, I, we talk about everything but what needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, I know that I was coming up, there was a phrase, and I don't know if it's in the Bible or not, because I know there are a lot of phrases that I thought was in the Bible that my mother, grandmother, grandfather, father t- told me really aren't in the Bible. But anyway, mm-hmm. spare the rod and spoil the child. Now, let's speak plainly about our youth. You know, throughout the years, I know it's a horrifying trend when it comes to our youth. And the main trend is lack of discipline. See, when I was a kid growing up in the 80s, we had a thing called respect. And if you got a line in the black family, you got your behind work. But social service and other child protection agencies got involved. Parents are afraid to spank their kids or discipline them. It's like the kid is the parent and the parent is the kid. But as for me, nothing that I help bring into this world is going to disrespect me. And I mean that. When I was a youth, I never taught back or attempted to hit my mother. Because if I did, I'd be dead. I was never disrespectful and I did what I was told. But nowadays, these parents, they want to negotiate. I mean, I see children tell their parents what they're going to do and what they're not going to do. <laughs> I wish one of my kids would try to disrespect me. I don't care about the child protective service or any other service because they would have to call the police to get my foot out their butt. Believe it or not, that's what the world needs. If parents would be parents to discipline their children, I guarantee you that the world won't be messed up as it is today. You wouldn't have school shootings and gang violence. You wouldn't even have drug use and teen pregnancy. Because parents are letting the state and the government run their homes. But I can't allow that to happen in my home. I know we have a... This is an interlude. Um, Let me go into the interlude, and um, we'll come right back in one minute. Welcome to Eclectic Perspectives. We got Calloway and that Christopher Blue. Different Attributes which um, adhere to our children, and that you know, if we align ourselves with the correct parenting style, 
we probably wouldn't have all the disrespect and all the issues that we have with our children, and children wouldn't have some of the self-esteem issues that they currently have in dealing with um, others or dealing with themselves, which causes a lot of anger management issues in the school setting. But Ms. Callaway, as you were saying. All right. Before we went to break, I did want to comment on what you said about the um, judicial system. And I know we have all these child custody laws granting children their rights, which is fine. But as long as you are providing the necessities for your child or your children, then you do not need to be intimidated by the judicial system. I think the best thing to do is to learn the system for your benefit as well as your child's benefit. So um, if that's the reason that a parent is not, you know, instilling certain things because of the fear of DSS or DJJ or any other agency, just, just learn your boundaries. Educate yourself if that's what it takes for you to be a better parent. But um, exploring the different types of parenting styles, um, according to research and child psychologists, you know, they've done extensive research in the area of parenting styles, and they have found that the methods can be broken down into three main categories. Um, those categories are authoritarian, permissive, and authoritative. Um, the first one, authoritarian, are parents who are structured. While not being abusive, they set high standards of behavior for their children, and they require obedience. This style may be good for children with behavior or conduct disorders because they need structure and authority. However, if this is not the case, the child of this type of parent will often have low self-esteem and rely more often on the voice of authority. The next type of parenting style is permissive, which according to research is, while not being neglectful or careless, permissive parents let their children make many decisions. They use this parenting style to encourage creativity, spontaneity, and their children. These parents use reasoning rather than authority when setting limits. This is a good parenting style for withdrawn children, but not for rebellious or aggressive children. Um, this method can also sometimes result in immature behavior and inability to control impulses. It's been said that the best parenting style is the last one, which is authoritative, and that these parents are particularly firm or permissive. Um, they're not really either or. They kind of fall in the middle. They will set high standards for their children, but they also allow their children to be involved in decision-making. Um, regardless of what parent you are, I think it's important to know that each child is different. So I don't think that it's fair to um, adapt or adopt to just one type of parenting style because our children are different. And um, we have to try to adapt to um, each child or Make up our own parenting style that may not be anything according to um, what research tells us. But, um, you know, there's a trend that does tend to lean toward these philosophies. So I guess somewhere down the line they must have been proven to be true. Personally, I think when I first started parenting my children at the age of 18, I was more of the authoritarian type of parent. But now that we are, you know, 10, 11 years later, I'm more of the authoritative. So, you know, I do allow my children to help make certain decisions if we're talking about what type of activities they want to do, um, which homework subject they might want to work on, what types of summer vacations they might want to take. So it just, 
It depends, but again, when it comes down to um, certain parts of education, you know, it's it's not optional. It's what mommy says it's going to be. So. Um, I have a South Carolina um, Department of Social Service worker on line one who um, wishes to comment on this subject. Call recording okay. on. Hello. For the record, could you please introduce yourself to the listening crowd? I'm a child protective services worker working with the Department of Social Services. Yeah, can you tell me um, what is your role for the um, child protective services? What, do you, what is your actual role? My actual role is to go out after the initial assessment and to develop a treatment plan with the family that will address the certain um, issues that they need working on. Um, oftentimes I have to attend court hearings or my uh, role becomes the role of uh, assisting uh, law enforcement in emergency protective services placements, uh, foster care placements. Um, I work with the children one-on-one -on -one to assure that they also um, obtain the treatment that is required of them. Do you find that some of your focus is based on teaching parents how to be better parents, giving them the skills they need in order to be better parents to their children? Yes, my focus is um, mainly on we do send our clients to parenting classes, and a lot of times it's a one-on-one -on -one, um, type counseling deal with parents, letting them know what type of behavior that's inappropriate when working with the children. And a lot of times um, parents are kind of like uh, not willing to give up old habits, but in the end um, they see that their old habits are not working for them. What type of habits really stand out as far as your interventions with parents? The major one is corporal punishment. A lot of our parents are old school, and they grew up um, receiving spankings and um, being beat with belts and, and switches and all kinds of things, so they don't feel as though it's wrong for them to do it because it's what corrected them when they were young. Um, a lot of them rely on the uh, scripture in the Bible, spare the rod, spoil the child, so they feel as though the essence is wrong to step in and tell you that they you can't, you know, use corporal punishment with your children, when a lot of times people need to understand that corporal punishment simply means excessive punishment. That's excessive beating. Where it leaves marks and bruises, that's excessive. Hmm. That's interesting. But I find that because the the government, our DSS is taking the powerful parents in regards to their parenting style, that should, they don't they didn't give them a proper tool in order to properly um rear the children and children are really wilding out. I know when I was coming up, um my mama whooped my ass. Um I was spanked, I was physically disciplined, I was physically disciplined in school up until like the third grade. I have uh, and I'm now a professional counselor. Um my sister's a professional nurse. My brother, he would have been a doctor when he was murdered. Um, <clears throat> I think that some of that was necessary in order for us to um, have that proper fear factor and to be reared properly and do well in society. I think that the removal of corporal punishment and all the agencies stepping in and saying, you can't do this, you can't do that, but yet they're not giving them the tools in order for them to, to be better parents. I think there's a disconnect somewhere, and I think that needs to be fixed. I understand. I hear what you're saying. It's just that um, I'm old school, too. I, I got the whippings, too. Um, but a lot of times, some of my parents go overboard, and some of the children are really harmed. So um, 
I, I guess if my uh, grandmother was still living, she would be a DSS case herself. And I agree that, you know, the spankings, I don't know if they led me in the right direction. I don't know for sure if it was the spankings that did it or the fear of the spankings, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think the spankings themselves did it. I believe it was the fear. My mom was crazy. It was the fear <laughs> of my mother that made me... Um, keep lying and do what I was supposed to do and get through all these colleges, these degrees, and stay out of trouble and not get arrested for stupid crimes or even get involved in miscellaneous drugs. So I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful for them. But I do realize that, you know, some of that could have been harmful to me because, honestly, um, I didn't have a good relationship with my mother when I came into adulthood, and it took me years to get past that baggage in order for us to have that bond that we should have had all along. So I do understand why corporal punishment is not necessary. But I do believe that. Somehow, parents need to be given the tools in order to properly raise their children. I just don't think that they're not adequately prepared to be parents in this day and time. Yeah, I think so, too. But I find that taking away privileges from children, especially our children in this day and age of iPods and cell phones and all these things, taking away those privileges, I mean, if I can speak for my children, it's as if I have killed them, like they have gotten corporal punishment when I take those items away. <laughs> so I don't think that the agency is pretty much leaving them without the tools that they need. Um, I know a lot of the parenting classes do focus on, on taking away privileges and other things that they can do besides the spankings. And the spankings are, like they get a lot of negative feedback with the spankings because um the kids learn that you can't hit me or I'll call DSS. So it limits right. the parents. You know, everybody's fearful of, of spanking their kids. But it's, it's not just the regular spanking on the bottom. It's the excessive, you know, when you start leaving those marks and bruises, that's, that becomes excessive. Yes, I understand. I understand. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, Miss DSS worker, for your own <laughs> your interview. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. welcome. <laughs> okay. All right, Ms. Calloway. Let me just say for the record, I am not afraid of DSS, and I do spank. So I take things away as well, Um, you know, the video games, outside time, television, that kind of thing. But I do think if it's something um, severe enough, which is not often. I think I'm down to spanking my daughter like once every two years and my son probably once every six months. So, um, you know, I can't say the spankers don't work. But, again, I don't use that as um, our main, quote, unquote, form of redirection or punishment or whatever you want to title it. But I do spank, and I think it's okay. I think there's a difference between spanking and beating. And let me clarify something, because there's a, there's a point that you made, I mean, and, and I'm glad you put it out there, because, you know, you work in coordination with DSS, and you're not afraid to say it. it. The law does not say you cannot physically discipline your children. It is excessive corporal punishment that results yeah. in marks and bruises that is against the law. So I think that needs to be put out there. Uh, I think that, you know, people are just thinking, oh, I can't work my kids at all. No, no. It doesn't say anything about physical discipline. It's excessive corporal punishment that, you know, basically leaves marks. Exactly. And when it's excessive, I believe that's when it becomes um, beating, you know, to me. It's beating your child when you're leaving black and blue marks and, you know, the skin is broken or bones or things of that nature. But I don't think a little spanking with a belt is a problem if it, if it warrants that, you know. 
But even as parents, um, you know, we're talking about punishing our children, and I think that's great. Um, but, again, we have to think about, too, you know, are we doing what we need to be doing as parents, which is where I think it, it falls back to. And, you know, a lot of parents, they have broken promises. You know, I've heard children that I work with talk about, you know, my mom said she was going to do this or my dad. And, you know, when you break promises to children, that affects them. You know, how they look at you, their respect level for you. And I think some parents, too, are just overprotective. And I understand that no parent wants their child to be hurt. Um, but as our children grow up, you know, we need to let them discover certain things on their own. Some parents are like, don't climb that tree. Oh, no, you can't go in the neighborhood. And, again, depending on the type of neighborhood you live in, I understand that. Um, but I think we have to let them kind of go and feel certain things on their own. Um, a lot of parents have negative communication. And I know you can understand that, um, Blue, being a therapist. I'm pretty sure you sat down with um, a mom or dad as well as a child, and, and you probably witnessed some negative communication. So it, they're communicating, but negatively, you know, right. cursing at the child and the yelling, you know. So that's what we're teaching them when we communicate with them that way. Right. Um, exactly. And I think some parents even, they get to the point where they just ignore their children. And I think that's, that's, that's we have to just figure out a way, again, and I cannot say it enough, to teach parents how to parent, and I don't know how to do that. So, call in if you're listening. Please call in and give us some some parenting tips. You know, we can always learn something. Right. You know. All right. So well, I'd like to bring on Doctor Doctor Elvin. I'm Doctor Elvin. Hello, Doctor Elvin. Hey, how you doing, man? Doing fine. How Hello? you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. But how are they? Hey, just living, just living. I got some bad news yesterday, but um, I'm in a better place today. Thank you for calling in. What you got for us today? Hello, I'm sorry. I did the last part. What did you say? Say it again. I said, what you got for us today? All right, man. Uh, topic from one of the listeners. Situation going on with them. Um, woman's dating a man. She said the relationship's going pretty mm-hmm. good. Good. Pretty, uh, he's a good man. The only problem is she said she admits her son, a little untamely, a little spoiled. Well, mm-hmm. he dis- her boyfriend, not his, not his biological father, but her boyfriend, disciplined her son. She mm-hmm. had a big problem. She let her boyfriend discipline her son? No, no, no. She didn't let him. He did. The okay. child, uh, oh, okay. And, and he didn't use a belt. It was a, it was a hand spanking. The boy's about five. Um, mm-hmm. The boy got out of Ruli. He... Spanked them one time on the behind, the boy started crying. Well, those two got into a big fight because even though she said his baby warranted the spanking, she didn't think he should give it to her. Now, the only problem, the only problem with that is the boyfriend lives with her, helps her take care of this child, but she doesn't feel because he's not the biological father, he should have the right to spank the child. Mm-hmm. So they're having a big issue over this, and this situation has got them almost to the term of calling it, calling it quits. Um, she wrote me in. Wow. She wants to know, you know, who's wrong. She wants to know, should she look at it his side as though he's doing everything else? This is part of the right he should be given? Or should he understand that that's not his child, he can't put a hand on it? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. That's a situation. And uh, well, uh, it's, it's sticky for me because, again, you know, we talked about 
bigger role models. And this doesn't really, I guess, go with the topic, but personally, okay. you know, I don't think that they should be living together unless they're married anyway. But let's back up from that topic. Um, um, I, I don't know. I think if he's if he's there and he's doing everything else, you know, trying to be a good role model and be a good parent to the child, then why can he not spank? Why is it okay for him to pay the bills? And I'm pretty sure the little boy needs has needs. Um clothing and, you know, time and so on and so forth. So why can he not spank the child, especially if he did it correctly? The child has no marks and bruises. I mean, I think the child needs that. He needs to see that strong black male figure and know that, whoa, I can't do this. See, and you know? that's where I was coming at. I thought that was the problem. Um, it, it, it's kind of offensive to me is where you ask me to come in, I accept this child, I provide and help you with this child, but on the part of teaching this child right and wrong, and she didn't say that she was against spanking. She just was against him spanking. Well, oh, I'm doing everything else. You, you know what I'm saying? I'm doing everything else here. Why can't I spank him? You know what I'm saying? If you trust me enough, I'm pretty sure that he's been in situations where he's been alone with his child, watching the child maybe while she went to the store at work. So you know, you know I'm not going to hurt this child. This is just corrective behavior. I agree with everything you're saying, 100%. What about you, Blue? Yeah, that's kind of iffy because it goes against other things that I have, you know, about, you know, cohabitation. I mean, I don't really believe in cohabitation. Um, I believe that, you know, most people that cohabitate, not even, most of those situations, if they do get married, will end the divorce. It's just never likely to end up a good note if you cohabitate before marriage. I mean, but as far as since they already crossed that threshold, he yeah, assumes uh-huh. the role of the male figure. He assumes the role of the fatherly figure. Why does he have all the responsibilities of that role without the, with the exception of discipline? And discipline isn't just physical discipline. I mean, it's, it's mm-hmm, verbal, mm-hmm. it's consequences, you know what I'm saying? But it's also yeah, love yeah. and structure and supervision. So I believe that if they're in a relationship, if she had thought enough of him to move him into her household, into her family unit, he should take on all the roles that encompasses that. Exactly. I agree. I agree. I agree. Let's let's take a call up from Georgia. Georgia? Yes, I'm here. Yes, Georgia. What's your name? My name is Michelle. Michelle, do you have any comments on this discussion? Or do you want to make any um Well, I totally agree with you guys the same. I mean, he obviously has enough responsibility in the household taking care of not only her but his needs as well, then he should be able to discipline. Now, I can see if he is abusing the child, but if it's just to show discipline, hey, you know, back in the day, everyone had neighborhood beatings. I know I did. So if I did something <laughs> to somebody else, I was going to catch it there, and then by the time I got home, I was already, <laughs> the belt, the switch, whatever, is already Amen. waiting on me. So it takes a village to raise a child, and that's, all, that's just how we, we were raised. So what is different now? And then to be honest, that's when the black community was at its strongest. So if he's going to go ahead and assume the responsibility of being a man in the household, then he should be able to teach that child right from wrong. All right. Well, hey, Michelle, let me ask you another question while we got you on. 
What if the biological father had a problem with it? Well, first of all, he needs to be a man and come and have a conversation and sit down and talk with not only the stepfather or the soon-to-be stepfather, but also the mother, too. And they need to get an understanding and get on the same page because... They have they they have the responsibility of teaching this child right for wrong, and especially if they have the common goal of making sure that this child is not your typical statistic black male that's young that's going to end up in, on the corner later on. They need to get in sync with parenting on this child. So that's how I feel about it. Excellent point, Michelle. Thank you for sharing. No problem, Blue and, and Elvin as well. And you guys are fabulous, and I, I do listen when I, every time I get a chance. And please just keep on doing what you guys are doing, and believe me, the support is out there and the love is out there for y'all as well. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. You too. All right. All right. I think she, um, she brought a lot of insight and a lot, of, um, a lot to the table, and I believe what she's saying is, is very true. I mean, as a family... Um, all components of that family need to be on the same page because, you know, different parenting styles actually mix up a child and, you know, the child is going to, you know, either cater or align themselves more with one parent that, you know, probably has a less, a thought, you know, less impact on them in regards they want to do because, you know, honestly, it's like sin. Um, sin, as it's like an acronym, something I enjoy. Just want to throw that in there, but no, I'm just playing. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to make a quick comment on that, too. Um, what I did notice as well is um, it seems to be some sort of um, lack of communication or maybe they just didn't think to talk about it before moving in, but I think whether they're going to get married or not, they need to talk about discipline with the little boy. You know, you can, you can't, you know, before you move in, that needs to be discussed. So there's still some issues that they have to obviously work on as well. Um, because before he moved in, I think this should have been discussed, talked about, and they wouldn't be having this issue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So... But past that, I think what it's also doing is showing the little boy, I mean, if he was in earshot of the conversation, it's showing him how to, quote, unquote, disrespect males or um, not so much disrespect, but I guess it's taking the power from the male role. And I think that's why so many of our males now are, quote, unquote, not good men. They're not, they don't have a role model or another man to show him how to be. Um, if that's the guy that's going to be there, and I just think he needs to fulfill the role 100%. Banking, paying the bills, sitting the little boy down, talking to him, all of that, everything. All right, we're going to call the last two digits of your phone number, and that's what caller you are. All right, caller 82, please go ahead. Hello? Caller 82, are you there? I, I'm here. How are you? Good. I can't, you're breaking up a little bit. Okay. Can you hear me a little better now? Oh, I can hear Yeah, I can hear you fine. Um, my name's Tracy. I'm in South Carolina. Hey, Tracy. I have a couple points I wanted to make. Um, I Just just background, I'm a, a licensed master social worker, an educator and therapist, and I've worked a lot with parents and parenting as well. Uh, and I've just been listening. You guys are doing a good job. I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um, I wanted to first clarify um, what uh, Mr. Blue mentioned in terms of the Bible. And the Bible does not say spare the rod, spoil the child, specifically. That's a paraphrase. 
um, that comes from Proverbs 23:13, and what it says is, physical discipline may well save them from death. So it says, don't fail to correct your children. Um, so it is in there. It's just not in there specific to spare the rod, spoil the child. Thank okay. you. Thank you. So I want to clarify that. But I, I think, I think on a, yeah, a lot of people paraphrase that, but it's that's an incorrect para, um, paraphrase. But I think what's more interesting and, and something that I haven't heard anybody mention thus far is the generational issue that we have to really focus on. Um, you said very early on, like, what has changed in the last couple decades, and, and truly what has changed is the age that parents are becoming parents. Right now, the African-American population has the highest rate of teen pregnancy and parenting, age 15 wow. to 19, 136 children per 1,000 teens or teenage parents. Mm. So you're talking about generations of children having children. They have never learned how to be a parent simply because they never had a parent themselves. And we're looking right now, we're in about the third generation of this happening. So you're looking at a child who's 14 who is becoming a parent, whose mother is 25, 35 years, maybe 30 years old, whose grandmother's mm. 45. Wow. Okay. And, and generationally, they haven't learned the skills, the discipline, and, and more important than that, they haven't learned to not think of themselves but to think of their children first because teenagers, by biologically, don't think of them other people before they think of themselves. Teenagers are very self-centered. So if you take a teenager and you give that teenager something to take care of, whether it be a dog, a cat, a mouse, or a baby, mm-hmm. once, the, once the newness wears off, they don't care anymore, and they don't know. They don't know how to take care of this. And then, and and again, it goes back to two, three generations. And so, it really has to start with recognizing that the parents themselves, and and in some cases, the grandparents, are the ones that need to learn how to be parents. Not because they're lacking anything, but because they simply haven't reached a biological, mental, or emotional state of maturity where they can understand what it is to be a parent. Um, with that, one of the, the fourth, you, meant, you, you, um, you mentioned the three parenting styles, but th- that brings to mind a, the fourth parenting style, which you did mention later, which is the uninvolved parent. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is these teenagers are having kids. The newness wears off. Then they have to take care of the child. They don't know what to do. So they just, they just stop. Mm-hmm. So I have a question for you, Tracy. Mm-hmm. Can we fix it, and if so, how? We fix it, first of all, by beginning to understand that you can't start with the first-generation parent because that child, especially if it is a teen parent, and even if it's not, chances are that first-generation parent never learned what parenting is because their parents weren't there. Their parents were uninvolved. Their parents didn't care. Their parents were abusive. So you have to first sit down with them and find out what is their baseline, where are they coming from. And once you know where they're coming from, then you can begin to teach them what they need to know from where they are. You can't teach them how to be a parent if, they've never, if they don't even know what the word parent means. You first have to teach them what the word means. You follow? So how do we go about doing this as a society as a whole? I mean, we can sit down one-on-one as counselors and therapists, so on and so forth, but... How do we reach the masses? 
it's it's really going to have to be a lot of one-on-one, a lot of classes, um, you know, having some of the, these court-mandated parenting classes, which I think are wonderful. I've conducted them, and I've attended a few to see how they are run. And you would be surprised how, how many people hear these, these basic parenting concepts, like, you know, you might want to listen to your child. And to them, it's they're like, really? Really? Understand it. So, All right, Tracy, um, well, we want to – I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, so I think it really has to start there. It has to start with understanding where we are as a culture, where we are as a generation, before we can begin to say, okay, we need to be, before we can change anything, we have to start there. Well, we want to thank you for your call, and we hope you call right. back for another show. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Hey, uh, Blue, I've got a couple people who want to get on and, and, and get their comment in, so I'm, we can kind of talk to them. Let them get on and say thing. And I'd also, it would help if they, they said, uh, if you would say the, the four, the last four digits of the number, so they would know. Like, if you had to do with number 82, they wouldn't know who you're talking about. So if you said the last four digits yeah, like, like, of the number, so they know who you're talking to. 82 is so broad, I mean, you might have 60 people with number 82. You know what I mean? Not likely based on num- numerology, but yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's <laughs> go, uh, so, because we got them on hold, man. We, we got them on hold. Let's get them on. Call a 4015. Call a 4015. Yeah, Hello? what's happening? Call a 4015. Are you there? Yeah, I'm good. What's good, man? What's happening? How you doing? Hey, state your name. State your name for the people. State your name for the people. Who are you? Uh, this is Mike. I'm from here right. in uh, Somerville, South Carolina. All right. Thanks for calling, Mike. Mike. All right, Mike. Listen, the topic we'll be talking about is the children. You heard a discussion topic about uh, the woman having an issue with the man faking her son, even though, you know, he's in the house helping. How do you feel about it, brother? I mean, I feel if, if this man is committed to this woman, and she understand that he's committed to her. She shouldn't have a problem with um, him. I mean, correcting a child. I mean, if he gonna take part in that, if, if she want him to treat the child as his child, and also she might uh, have to consider the fact that hey, he got to do what he got to do to be a man of the house. If he gonna be that part of it, he got to take care of the children as well as the house and her. Yeah, right on. I agree. Hey, Mr. Mike. Mike? All right, call us 7054. 7054. Hello. Hey, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? All right. Who are we talking to? This is Gina from Charleston, South Carolina. Hey, Gina. How you doing? Hey, Gina. How you doing? I'm good. Listen to your show. I totally disagree with this. If the woman wants the man to help her with her son, whether good times or bad, he has to be around. He can't be there only when a, when a child is good. And nine times out of ten, all children are that way. So they need guidance and discipline sometimes to get them back in line. So I think she's kind of overreacting. Yes, she should let us find the child. If the child deserves the spanking, then you want him to do everything else, then she needs to let him spank the child. Exactly. I'm not saying it as though, you know, just 
that's only with method of discipline. Yeah, you can try time out and taking this and taking that, but if that doesn't work, then they may need a spanking every now and again to get them back in line. And that's something I think that she should accept because it's natural. Nine times out of ten, she was probably spanked when she was younger also. Right. Okay. All right, all right. Well, let's take the next caller. Thank you for calling, dear. Four zero one five. Yeah, I'm back. I, I felt like I was disconnected or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, we heard you, Mike. Yeah, this is Mike. Yeah, man, we, yeah. we heard you calling, brother. We uh, we we uh said we we're gonna take the next call out. We probably didn't hear. I probably got broke up in the signal or something. But yeah, we know we didn't disconnect y'all. All right. Okay. Hey, Mike. Caller four three three four. Caller four three three four. Hello. Yes. Caller, are you Hello. there? Yeah. Okay. You, you want to comment? comment? No, guess not. Okay. All right. Well, I must admit, it's hard to manage the phone. Let me help you understand. The best way to listen to this radio broadcast is to go to um, the Blog Talk Radio website, which will actually change. We'll send out a memo in regards to that. It won't be the same URL that it currently is, not by using the telephone number. The telephone number is strictly for call-ins. Once those calls are taken, they will be dropped. Just wanted to clarify that for those who didn't know. With that being said, if you want to speak with the host, please press the number one so we can activate your call. Otherwise, simply simple, simply staying on the phone will uh, result in drops because only so many um, lines are active in regards to us being able to pick up the phones and talk to callers. So just wanted to clarify that. Once again, we're talking about parenting. Who's your parent? You're your child on the phone. Today we have Aisha Calloway, F. Christopher Blue, and Dr. Elvin. Famous on Facebook. Dr. Elvin, please don't give me Facebook. <laughs> Chime in on your discussions on Facebook. <laughs> I was going to say it again, Blue. We had no broken up. What's your, um, what's your website? How can they contact you on Facebook so they can get into Oh, yeah, on? yeah. Um, I'm Elvin Spates. Famous for. Elvin L. Spates on Facebook. Anybody can friend request me, and I'll take them, and you'll see. We got the discussions. People, um, most people write me, they write me in the inbox, their topic, their, their, the situation they're going through, and they want an opinion on. Um, and I keep it private. I never use a real name, situation. You know, I, I try to just keep it as discreet. I post it on my page, and I've got a good family of friends who just get out there, and we just give people real, real life opinion. I mean, and, and again, as with yourself, Blue, we got you who always keep the realness with it and bring both sides and, I try to bring the, the street life version to it too, to uh, mm-hmm. give people an outside opinion sometimes other than, you know, you go to your family, they're going to take your side, and if you go to his family or the other person's family, they're going to take that side. We try to give you the neutral side of the situation. All right. Well, thank you for giving us that, Earl. My producer right. is telling me that. I need to really get back on topic. Um, so yeah, um, we have about 10 minutes, and I would like to take another caller if I can manage boards. Just see what we got. Nine nine two six. Do you see that one there, Blue? Yeah, I got that. All right. Call it nine nine two six. Hi, how are you? I'm doing fine, ma'am. Your name? Hi, Zeta. Can you hear me well? Hey, Zeta. How you doing, girl? 
fine. How are you? I hate to sound redundant, but I do agree with Michelle um, and the previous caller before that, that if the guy is going to assume the responsibility of, you know, taking care of the household and stepping in that position of being head of the house, he should also take the responsibility of disciplining the child, um, especially being it's a boy. I don't know, me, I have all girls, but I would definitely, even with the girls, I would feel like I, I wouldn't be able to do that on my own, you know, or I feel like I wanted to just be 100% responsible for the discipline. Um, for a little mm-hmm. boy, I, w- I would be happy, you know, for him to step up uh, and take that that role, especially if the, the child's father isn't in the life or, you know, isn't in his life present. Um, I'll, so definitely. I'll the same thing. Not want him to, you know, totally 100% give everything that he's supposed to give. And it, it, it's kind of, she's overreacting, and the little boy, um, with her stepping in and feeling like the, the guy shouldn't, you know, discipline him or spank him or whatever the punishment that they agreed on or, you know, they believe in, um, the little boy is at a disadvantage because then he's, just like the other caller was saying, he is getting the idea that this is okay. You know, I can just disrespect this man who's taking care and supporting us, and, you know, and, and what is he going to do? You know? Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's so funny that in this situation here, I meet so many women who tell me that the father isn't helping them and they don't have anyone to help with the kids. And I get a note from one who says that this man wants to help and I don't like it. It's like, what, are you serious? Yeah, you can't have half of his help and not all, you know. I would love that, you know, with me, you know, take a hundred percent responsibility, and I'm I'm there to support him, even though that's not his child. Now, if the father, if his biological father, uh, has an has an issue with that, then he needs to step up and do some disciplining as well. But across the board, just like she was saying, the communication lines need to be open. Period. So that way, he knows that help. Uh, not so much the right to spank him, but the right to discipline him, and you know, lead him in the direction he needs to be in. Exactly, because that's all spanking is. Spanking is just a corrective behavior. When done properly, it's a corrective behavior. You know, yes. what people understand is, is either we're going to teach them or the street's going to teach them. And the parents right. who care about them, right. we teach them, we spank them. Street yes, teach right. them, put them in jail. All right. right. Thank you, Isaiah. I'd like to I'll move on to the next caller. Caller 4015. Caller 4015. Yeah, yeah, this Mike again. All right, yeah, Mike. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with um, the lady right there because that's exactly what I was trying to say. Like, if the man is going to run the house, he got to be able to take care of those kids as well. I mean, they ain't going to really run effectively and smoothly if a child is straight up disrespecting them. He ain't going to feel like a man of the house, period. And, and, and then then anything else, he just going to get up and bounce, and that's it. So, I mean, that's not like a good topic that, right there, Mike. I think I'll explore that sometime in the near future. Thank you for bringing that to light. No doubt. Yeah. <laughs> Not only the discipline at stake in the child, but the manhood is at stake in some cases. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But that's definitely something we could talk on sometime in the near future. Okay. I'd like to um, introduce some literature, some literature to the um, parents that, you know, really want to rear their children correctly and really align themselves with proper parenting. It's uh, Isaac Calloway. Yes, I am here and enjoying the conversation. Um, I did a little research online for some parents who are interested, and um, there's actually quite a few books available for um, parents to um, go and get or at least look at that are having some issues parenting their children. 
And um, there's one book called 10 Simple Rules for Being a Better Parent in a World Turned Upside Down. And that book is by um, John D. McPherson, Jr. Um, the book does not state what his credentials are or how he conducted this research, so I can't speak on that. Um, the rules are pretty simple. It's, it's not anything big. It just talks about communicating with your child, talking to your child, asking your child what they need, um, being overprotective, broken promises, um, as well as some parents have what he calls no logic to anger. And what that talks about is basically simple mistakes does not deserve a shout from a parent. I think that some, we have so many single parents to where we get caught up in our day-to-day hustle and bustle, and sometimes we do take that out on our children without even realizing it. And uh, but he touches on a few of those things, but it's a good book. What's the book called again? Ten Simple Rules for Being a Better Parent in a World Turned Upside Down by John D. McPherson, Jr. Okay. All right. Sounds like a good book. So I'm actually going to have my hands on. All right. It is. It's pretty good. Before we leave, um, 10 principles that I use in family therapy that really allows the parents with what they're supposed to do in disciplining and working with their children and random in a correct way. These are the 10 principles that I work with. Um, consider your request. I mean, consider what you're asking or having your child do. Um, just to touch on it real quick, if you want more information about this, please feel free to email me at mrblue at mrblue.net. M-I-S-T-E-R-B-L-U-E at M-I-S-T-E-R-B-L-U-E dot net, Mr. Blue at Mr. Blue dot net. All right, like I said, so consider your request. Is it reasonable? I mean, are you really asking for what you want? I mean, I think I've heard some really unreasonable requests, and, in fact, my mother, Debbie Blue, could tell you that some of the things she asked me or told me in regards to that relationship were unreasonable, but that's another story. That's some baggage i got to deal with. Um, put the relationship first. You know, being right isn't necessarily what matters, and that is very little if your children stiffen when you walk in the room. So, yeah, put the relationship first. Nurturing is most and foremost important. The love that you have for your child has to be unconditional. Love withdrawal is conditional love, and um, it doesn't work. I mean, so I mean, when you use it, you're actually hurting the child in the process. So um, love has to be unconditional, and that's in any relationship you have. If you love somebody, you have to love them unconditionally. There shouldn't be measures that align themselves with love. And that, we can talk about that in a whole relationship, whole relationship issues. Now, imagine how kids see things. Look at it from their point of view, and then you have a better understanding of how you should relate to the child in regards to um, your discipline measure and ask the um, expectations you have for them. Be authentic. Do not forget your humanity. Don't pretend to be more competent than you are. Apologize to your child ever so often, and you will find a reason. Authenticity is the best thing you can do. Talk less and ask more. Have communications with your children. Um, ask questions. Have back and forth communications. Don't point the finger and dictate. Um, allow them to have some input. Assume the best. You know, when you hear something about your child, always look at the positive attributes of the child. Don't always assume that it's a negative attribute or it's a negative thing. It may be a misinterpretation. And try to say yes when you can. I think it's very important. I, see, I hear too many no's in households. Um, also, mm-hmm. don't be rigid. And let kids decide whenever possible. Present options to your kids and have them have say-so in their life direction. Ms. Callaway. I agree with that. Um, a lot of what you just stated were things that I talked about earlier as far as my particular parenting style. I just think that um, 
if parents are having issues with their children and they may feel that it is not the, their actual parenting style, but they may feel that the child has some issues, I just ask that they reach out and seek help. And that's been the Collective Perspectives. Ah! <laughs> are we still on air? Oh, that did not go as well. I didn't get to read my scriptures. <laughs> I'm not happy about that. <laughs> I'm not. I don't know. This policy is valid from January 4th, 2019. This podcast is a personal podcast written and edited by F. Christopher Blue and his conglomerates at morethantherapy.org. For questions about this podcast, please contact staff at morethantherapy.org. The podcast accepts form of cash advertising sponsorship, paid insertions, or other forms of compensation. The compensation received may influence the advertising content, topics, or posts made in this podcast. That content, advertising space, or post may not always be identified as paid or sponsored content. The owners of this podcast is compensated to provide opinion on products, services, websites, and various other topics. Even though the owners of this podcast receives compensation for our post or advertisements, we always give our honest opinions, findings, beliefs, or experiences on those topics or products. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are purely the podcast's own. Any product claim, statistic, quote, or other representation about a product or service should be verified with the manufacturer, provider, or party in question. This podcast does not contain any content which might present a conflict of interest.